You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Heather Carrow. Happy Monday. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a great show already this morning, even though the second half was all about me, which is so fun. Interesting. It was very um, (laughs) thought-provoking and wise. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Moving right along. Dr. Kenneth Flanagan is joining us next. Dr. Flanagan, thank you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. No problem. I'm glad to do it. Wonderful. So tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. Okay. Basically, currently I'm at the University of North Dakota. I teach in the um, social work department, both graduate and undergraduate students. Um, Of course, my background is in um, social work. And uh, prior to coming to North Dakota in 2009, I was director of Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Gary, also served as the bishop's delegate for sexual misconduct cases there in the diocese. Before that, I was in Columbus, Ohio, and a native Clevelander. I have my degrees from Ohio State and Franciscan University, which at that time was the College of Steubenville. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) So, been around and decided to come up north for the winters, and I have not been disappointed. (laughs) It's been wintry enough for you, huh? (laughs) Oh, it's been brutal this year. (laughs) I love how you can laugh about that. (laughs) Oh, better than cry. (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. So, tell us about your work in in counseling and how you apply your Catholic faith to that work that you do every day? Well, I see it as an important dimension of um, my practice, you know, being rooted in the Scripture, in the teaching of the Church, and really using that as the foundation, you know, to assist people as they face some challenges in their life, in their relationships. And um, certainly the past few years have been very difficult with the pandemic, continues to be, and um, our faith is really uh, our resource in terms of moving forward in hope. And um, I think that's something we all need these days. And mm-hmm. so it's been an important part of my life from the beginning of my career and continues to be. Beautiful. So um, yeah. as you apply the Catholic faith uh, to your work, does... I'm just going to flat out ask it. So, like, is everybody you're treating and talking to Catholic, or do you just have that underlying, how does that work? Yeah, it's, it's been a mix. Right now, I'm doing some um, work with Redeeming Grace, and so people are coming there with the, an awareness that is a Catholic-based um, counseling mm-hmm. center. And so um, that is much more explicit. Um in my previous employments, of course, when I was with Catholic Charities, it was a very similar situation. But I've also worked in a number of secular um, environments where, you know, that necessarily is not explicit. Um, but certainly we take our faith wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's been very enriching 
to hear about um, other people's spiritual journeys, even outside the Catholic Christian tradition, when I was in those environments, um, in talking about the role that faith or spirituality might play in their life, it really plays an important role in a lot of people's lives. And mm-hmm. A lot of times in counseling, mental health um, field, we've not always felt comfortable at least bringing that up and getting a sense of the meaning of spirituality in people's lives and how they use it as a lens for interpreting what you share with mm, them. Right. And um, I really became aware of that about 25 years ago when I was at Ohio State in the Department of Psychiatry, and that was part of our assessment, was to ask about people's spiritual life, and was that something that was important to them, and could they talk a bit about that? And it <laughs> really was just at the beginning point at which we were doing those things, and it's an important dimension in many people's lives whether they're Christian, Catholic, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't know if it's just me, Doctor, but um, it seems like in the last maybe five to ten years, talk about um, mental health discussions have become more and more common, and people are mm-hmm. talking more about some of the issues. Do you think that anxiety and depression are on the rise, or are people just being do- finally diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Do you have an opinion well, think, on that? I, I think it could be a combination of factors. I think right now it is on the rise, um, really related to the after effects of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, this um, period of time has been very anxiety-provoking, um, almost as creating an existential crisis for people. And so um, the isolation, the distancing, all of those um, behaviors, I think, have contributed to an increase of depression and anxiety. Although I think prior to the pandemic, we were seeing that a lot of that was we were becoming more aware of those um, conditions. Um, I remember when I first started practicing hmm, 35, 40 years ago, you know, people would talk about, they wouldn't speak of anxiety. They would say, oh, my mother had nerves. Or my aunt or uncle, they had they suffered from nerves. Um, so I think we've become more open in terms of applying these terms of depression and anxiety. Um, whereas in the past we had other types of terms that were not always clear about what people were dealing with, but an awareness something was going on. Sure, sure. Yeah. So do you uh, draw from the scriptures or Catholic teaching when you counsel? Um, absolutely, you know, it, you know, it's something that, um, especially for those that might be um, struggling with anxiety or depression, you know, there are some spiritual practices if people are open to exploring those that really can assist with that. And I remember even a situation, and this was when I was in Columbus, Ohio, working for Catholic Charities. There was a woman who um, came in had a deep spiritual life. Um, very meaningful, would uh, study scripture, would meditate, lecto divina, and those types of um, activities. But at times she would have these episodes of psychosis. And so one of the things that we talked about is that when she was um, in those phases, uh, that probably maybe reading the scripture, looking for interpretation isn't the best thing to do, but more... um, 
prayer that is structured and routine, such as the rosary or other type of devotions like that, so that she could maintain her spiritual life, because she was concerned about doing that when she's in those um, episodes. But yet some of her spiritual practices were um, not aligned or helpful to her during that time. They actually contributed to some degree a worsening of it. So I think one of the things that I learned from that is that Especially in the Catholic faith tradition, we have a whole range of options in terms of the spiritual practices, devotions that can really speak to people's lives and be integrated into them to help them deal with those conditions. Wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Kenneth Flanagan. Uh, he is a licensed clinical social worker. Um, he's been working in counseling services for over 30 years. Um, we're just talking with him about some of you know the anxiety and depression that's going on and how he brings his Catholic faith into that work. Um, what are some misconceptions people have um, surrounding counseling? I, I think that there's... Um something innately wrong with them. A lot of times these conditions oftentimes will start um, developing because of maybe some experiences they've had. Maybe there are some environmental factors that are contributing to it. So it's not necessarily always a situation where a person, quote-unquote, is at fault. And a lot of times people see themselves as having some fault or Mm -hmm. some limitation that doesn't allow them to overcome the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, oftentimes they just have to get a new way of reframing and looking at those conditions. Also, there's a strong link between physical health and behavioral health or um, mental health. Mm -hmm. And as we age as a society, as we have more medications to treat various conditions, what we're finding is that a lot of times those side effects can result in depression, can result in anxiety, medical conditions can as well. So if a person's taking medication for maybe cardiovascular issues, it would not be unusual to have some side effects that would create potentially, not always, um, some type of um, behavioral health issues. And so I think we're moving towards a period in which we're trying to integrate behavioral health with physical health much more intentionally. And sometimes people's depression and anxiety are related to medical conditions that they might mm-hmm. be having or the treatment that they're receiving because of that. So we have a much broader understanding of causes. Um, and certainly people are have histories of trauma that, you know, we're we're not dealt with oftentimes because we don't want to be open and recognize those issues, and they begin to create a dynamic that then leads people into some mental health issues Mm -hmm. later on in their life. So I think it's looking at counseling in a much more positive Mm -hmm. um, manner in a way that if you were having... um, uh, issue with diabetes, you would see a, um, your physician for that. You know, if you're having some issues around depression, anxiety, and so on and so forth, you know, seek out some assistance like you would for other type of conditions. Right, exactly. 
Well, folks, we need to take our first or first break. Our first break with Dr. Flanagan here. <laughs> we're going to take a break, and uh, Doctor, if you'll stay with us over through the break, we're going to talk about how you'll be at one of the conferences up in North Dakota and kind of sure. a little bit about what you're going to be talking about at that conference. So, folks, stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. I'm Teresa Curley. And we're broadcasting today from the back room of the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You're always welcome to join any of our shows anywhere that we're at. I don't know if people realize that. Yeah, probably please, don't. Please drop by. Like, you can well, and if we're broadcasting from, let's say, Corpus Christi, stop by, say hello. You're always welcome to come and watch. I don't know how exciting that part would be, but you know, you're always welcome to come by and say hey. But we're talking with Doctor Kenneth Flanagan this morning. He is a licensed clinical social worker, and we're talking about our upcoming redeemed retreat that is happening up in Bismarck, correct? Or Fargo? Um, Fargo. Fargo. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I thought Bismarck. (laughs) (laughs) But it's happening in the very first weekend of March up in Fargo. 
um, and you're going to be one of the speakers there. What is your topic? Well, basically, um, the topic that I'm going to be speaking to is basically entitled, Who Do You Say That I Am? Spiritual and Psychological Perspectives on Relationships, particularly relationships um, between sisters in the Lord. Um, One of the things that we know is that part of our identity and our sense of who we are about is not only contained within ourselves, but is the result of interactions we have with others, especially others in the faith. So I'm going to be addressing that whole issue of relationships and this whole concept of sisterly um, relationships, because the theme of the overall conference is trusted sister. And uh, like I had mentioned before, it's a very interesting conference title, Mm -hmm. and one that I think really calls us into the deep in exploring some issues, especially in the light of the isolation we might be feeling as the result of the pandemic, and how do we re-engage with these um, relationships with one another, particularly our sisters in the Lord. Yeah. Well, I think through the pandemic, I know um, my daughter was back in town from college for her birthday, and um, Mm -hmm. we were out and about, and I realized... Even though we are in South Dakota and we didn't have as many restrictions as some states, um, we were out doing bowling. And it sounds really simple, but we were out bowling and it was just like, wow, I can't remember the last time we had fun like this. I think that with the pandemic, it was such a slow burn. It was a slow, it's kind of like, you know, putting a lobster in cold water and turning up the heat. You just, you, you don't realize how much you've eliminated out of your life. Mm. Through the pandemic, right. so what are you? What are some results you're seeing from that, Doctor? Well, and basically, I, one of the effects that we're seeing is the growing sense of social anxiety. You know, because mm. people have been um, more isolated, have not been out, have not had sort of the variety of outlets that they had become accustomed to, that now that people are going back out, it's mm. learning how to sort of relate. In a situation that still has some people concerned about the dangers of those relating um, Hmm. with others, you know, because, you know, coronavirus, the various viruses that we've been dealing with are still among us. And so there is a hesitancy in terms of reengaging. And some of that's because of the viruses, but also some of it is some social anxiety that has developed as the result of the past two years. And so in my um, presentation at the conference, you know, I'm going to have three major um, sections. One is going to be highlighting some three key attributes of these um, sisterly relationships in the Lord, then highlighting some common barriers, particularly two, that create some challenges as we enter into these type of relationships or trying to maintain those relationships. And then the third portion is going to really be geared on, okay, what is the purpose of these relationships? Because as um, Christians, as Catholics, all relationships are rooted in Trinity. And um, one of the aspects of Trinity is that there's a life-giving dimension to all relationships. So these relationships that we form with one another how does it benefit those outside our circle? How do these relationships 
become life-giving for the people around us, for the communities in which we live, and so on and so forth. So those are going to be the three areas that I cover in my um, talk, which is in the early afternoon, right after lunch. So- <laughs> oh, that's a tough spot. <laughs> a great time to go out into the deep. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Everybody stay awake. <laughs> right, exactly. I'll feel like I'm in one of my classes. <laughs> so what is your, your hope for these women when they when they leave the conference and they're and they're done with everything? What is your hope that they the walk away that they're gonna take from what you say? I think what my hope is is that they recommit to these faith-based relationships, mm-hmm. especially maybe when we've had a period of time where we've been somewhat separated. And if we've not had those type of relationships, really making a commitment within their parishes um, to really begin to bring um, women together um, to address some of the concerns that they may have in their local parish and their community so on and so forth, so that we start re-engaging and focusing in on this whole issue of relationship, and, um, well, and I think that it those become a... Go ahead. life-giving and um, deepening, then, our spiritual life, because we're meant to be together, we're meant to be in relationship, we're, we won't grow in our faith in isolation. Right. Well, and I think you bring up an interesting point of... Because I know the older I get, the harder it is to make friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And it becomes a struggle um, just finding more like-minded people. And you gave a hint to it of participating more in church activities, being more present to these things, and then friendships will grow and develop. Because I kind of wish we were back in the days where you're four and you're like, hey, I like your hair. You want to play? You know, and it was just Mm -hmm. that simple of making a friend. And as adults, Mm -hmm. it's more challenging. Any advice for us on how to make friends as adults? (laughs) You know, I... (laughs) Well, I probably would have a pretty good book and income if I could answer that one. So true. Everybody's everybody's listening, Doctor. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I think it's taking the plunge into the deep. You know, St. John Paul II always talked about going into the deep, putting out into the deep. And sometimes we just have to force ourselves to Mm. go out into the deep, to just take the plunge, go to that group you've heard about that's meeting, and go there and see if there can be some connections for them. It's really taking that first step. And one of the nice things about the conference this year is they're going to have some parish-based satellites so people mm. out in outlying parishes can will stream in for the oh, conference. Cool. And so I think it really helps then with this idea of people coming together. And, you know, um, at one time, the parish really was the center of people's lives in many mm-hmm. ways. <laughs> Not yeah. only their spiritual life, their social life, everything sort of centered around that. And um, I'm not saying that that was always positive, but it gave us an anchor, and it gave us relationships. And I think we've become much more fragmented and split 
all over the place. And I think, once again, our faith communities can be places that we start reconnecting with, um, forming relationships, and really growing into faith together. Right. Beautiful. Just take the plunge. I love it. I love it. Take the plunge. (laughs) (laughs) So if... uh, Maybe it could be the title of a book I write, right? Hey, there you go. I'll buy it. (laughs) (laughs) So if if folks want to come out, if women want to come out and hear you talk, um, is it March 4th that you're going to be talking or... I'm that Saturday, which I believe is the fourth. Yeah. Or, okay, the fifth. Maybe the fifth. <laughs> yes, Saturday. <laughs> the conference starts um, Friday evening. It's in the Marriott. It's at the Marriott in Fargo, and there's going to be some praise and worship and sharing on Friday evening, and then three presenters on um, Saturday. Perfect. Along with liturgy. And where can they find information about the conference? If you just go to the Diocese of Fargo website, it will link you, or you could just Google Diocese of Fargo Women's Conference. Beautiful. It will take you to the page, and you can register online. All right. Well, any last thoughts, Doctor, before we let you go? No, I I want to thank you for the opportunity for the sharing this morning, and... um, Wish you all the best, and hopefully you'll be able to maybe even make it to the conference. Yeah, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Get renewed and reinvigorated to take that plunge. Hey, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Kenneth Flanagan, thank you so much for joining us on Real Presence Live. Okay, thank you, and have a good rest of the day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. All right, folks, so that is the Redeemed Conference. It'll be happening up in Fargo. It starts March 4th in the evening, which is a Friday, and goes through March 5th. Um, They're going to have a lot of great speakers. Go to the Fargo Diocesan website, and you can search out Redeemed Conference. Anyone's invited. So if you're even close to Fargo, Teresa, we are. Yeah, we are. We're like three and a half hours. My daughter just sat down. She's saying she's not. That's more like... 15 hours for her. <laughs> but um, yeah, go check it out. It's It sounds like it's going to be a really fantastic and great weekend. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Aaron Mormon's going to be on the line with us talking about some other retreats that are going on in March. So stick with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 